Welcome to the Av Youth Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to our latest messages and everything Av Youth related. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Who, so, who in here likes doing like their homework at a coffee shop? Anybody? Three, four. Okay, well, there's, a, there's a decent amount. For me personally, before COVID, I, I was going over the message and I was like, oh, I can call before COVID, like BC. And I, I was like, before COVID, BC, I would always go to like a Starbucks or I'd go to a coffee shop near my, uh, my apartment and I would write the messages out for Wednesday nights and before, before COVID. But once COVID hit, I couldn't do that anymore. And I was really upset at that. And so I had to start writing my messages in my office. And I finally said, you know what, I'm fed up with it. And I sat outside of a Starbucks just because they had Wi-Fi in the cold on Tuesday, writing this message out. And it felt good. But as I sat there, we had um, scheduled to talk a message about comparison, to talk a message uh, about uh, maybe even some shame that we feel because of comparison. And as I was sitting there, like looking at the message and I already had a story to go over, I was like, I just don't feel like this is what we should talk about tonight. And the reason why was because I was feeling this, this, this emotion that we're going to talk about tonight, and it's this emotion of fear. And I believe, especially right now in this season with the election happening and everything else, there's been a sense of fear of what happens if this person gets in, what happens if this person stays in. And we've all kind of built up our own emotions of like, this is good or this isn't going to be good. And I felt like tonight would be a perfect time to talk about that, that feeling of feeling like we are filled to the brim with fear. And so tonight, if you're taking notes, I want you to write down the topic or the, the, the message title. And that is this, filled with fear. Very basic and very easy to remember. But filled with fear. And every week, the message is going to be filled with blank. And we'll fill those in every week. But tonight's message is filled with fear. And again, I talked about if you're a first-time guest, welcome. We're excited. Again, my name is Charlie. But here at Av Youth, there's three things that we like to share before a message and before a service just so you feel caught up to date about who we are and what we do and you just kind of feel a little bit more a part of the family. The first thing we like to say is this. You don't have to believe. We don't have to believe. All right, there we go. There we go. You don't have to believe to belong, meaning you don't have to believe in Jesus to hang out with us on Wednesday nights. But our hope and the end-all, be-all goal we hope for your life is that you will come into a relationship with Jesus, knowing that's the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. But it doesn't require you to only show up on Wednesday nights if you don't have a relationship. So that's one thing. The second thing is this. We are a note-taking group. So when you saw that I said the title of tonight's message is filled with fear, you probably saw some people pull out their notebooks or their phones and they're taking notes. At least I hope they're taking notes and not scrolling on Instagram or TikTok, whatever one you want to pick. The third thing and more of the fun one is we are a talk back group, meaning you can, if you agree with anything that is said tonight, whether I'm speaking or anybody else is speaking, you can shout us down. You can talk back and say, come on, Dave, Dave, (laughs) or you can say, preacher, white boy, I don't care, whatever you want to say. But that's just you saying, hey, you know, I agree with what you're saying and that is speaking into my life. My favorite one, and Mary came up with it, was yes, queen. Yes, yes, queen. Oh, yeah, or or that part. Um, (laughs) I forgot about these ones. Um, But we're just excited to be back and out here hanging out with you guys. I'm going to pray. 
And we're going to get into tonight's topic. So if you can, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and let's pray. God, we are so grateful to be here tonight. God, I pray tonight that the message that you've placed on our heart to speak is just a message for the time right now. God, where it might feel like there's uncertainty in the air, we don't know what's happening, we're, we might be filled with fear, maybe we're going through a storm right now in our lives and we just don't know what to do next. God, I pray tonight's message will speak to that idea, that'll speak to that feeling. God, I pray right now that this message will even impact the neighbors that are outside wondering why in the world are the speakers so loud tonight. But God, I pray tonight that you just use this. Let me be a mouthpiece to you. Let this be all your words, none of mine. It's in your name we pray. And we all said, amen. Before I move on, I do have to say something. It feels good to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. Oh, okay, I can't argue with that one. It does feel good to be a Dodger fan, even though I'm not a Dodger fan. Um, you know what's funny is I secretly really wanted the Dodgers to lose. I really wanted the Dodgers to lose. You want to know why? No, not that. The reason why I wanted the Dodgers to lose is because out of nowhere, and I knew it was coming, all of a sudden, everyone that I followed was a Dodger fan. I was like, I don't even think you know what a baseball is. What do you mean you're a Dodger fan? Like, it just came up out of the blue. I was like, there's like maybe a handful of people that I know that are legit Dodger fans, and then everybody became a Dodger fan. So I was like, all right, whatever. But tonight, again, going back to the message, I got a question for you. Who has ever been in the middle of like a physical storm, like a rainstorm, maybe even a tornado. Like they're, they're like crazy. Fun fact, me and Aubrey, we didn't get an argument, uh, but we got in a disagreement. She was like, oh my gosh, like what if there's a tornado that comes to California? I was like, babe, like there's no tornadoes in California. Like we've never had a tornado ever. And she, she's like, no, yeah, we have. I was like, come on, no, we have not. And she pulled her phone out. And she was like, look, and she like looked it up, and I guess like way back in the day, we actually had a tornado here, which I thought was crazy. Um, huh? 12 years ago, and I was like, I was alive 12 years ago, so that's even more scary. But being in the middle of a storm, like a physical storm, it's terrifying. I've even shared a few stories about being in the middle of a storm out in Nevada, and I'm like, dude, this is not a place I want to be. But it's funny because when it comes to storms, I feel, I feel like there's two ways people react. The first way people react is they react like just like overload. Like they go to like the extreme. The storm is coming. We need to board up our walls. We need to do everything we can to make sure that everything is going to be secure. And then there's another side of a storm coming. And that's those that are just like, all right, it's going to come and go. It's fine. And I lean more towards the side of like, all right, it's, it's going to be fine. It's just going to go right over us and we're going to call it a day. But it's funny because I remember a time when I was in fourth grade, I was over at my friend Bernard's house. And I, I looked right at David because David sent me a video like two, three weeks ago of him making fun of every single story I've shared like ever. I'm just like, I don't even know how you remember these stories. You've like, I've like, to do the math, it's like I've spoken way too many messages for you to remember all of these stories. But as I'm sitting there, we're at my friend Bernard's house and they were, he was like freaking out. He was like, Charlie, the storm's coming, the storm's coming. And I'm like, okay. And as I'm with him, I started to grow in panic because he was panicking. You guys ever been there before where, like, someone's panicked and then you start panicking because they're panicking? Or, like, someone's crying and they, you start crying because they're crying? Like, I've been in those moments. 
But Bernard, he's like freaking out and he starts shutting all the doors and his sister starts freaking out and she shuts off all the lights because she said that her teacher, if there's an electrical storm or if there's like thunder and lightning, that it can like blow your house up. And I was like, I don't think he can. But as we were sitting there, she like started making me believe like we're going to die. And so we are like legit every light off in the house. Doors are locked. Windows are closed. We hear the rain. We hear the thunder and lightning. And we're sitting in the middle of their living room like panicked and we're kind of just like rocking back and forth and she's on her like laptop at the time like looking up all these different things that what we need to do for being in the middle of this storm and I remember sitting there it was like eight o'clock as I'm sitting there like panicked out of my mind now and I'm like I need to get home and my, my, my parents live two houses down from them and I'm like, I don't want to get out in the middle of the storm right now. Like, that's going to be scary. As soon as I start running, it's going to be like Benjamin Franklin. Like, it's not going to end good. For you guys that left, you know your history. But being the man I was in fourth grade, I was like, all right, I got this. So I remember I told my friend Bernard, I was like, I need you to open the door when I say go. And the reason why was because as soon as he opened the door, I was just going to go. Like, who's saying both? Like, here we go. And he opens the door, and I take off running, and I'm running as fast as I can. And I finally get to my house, and like, it just like happened to be that the door was locked. I'm sitting there banging on the door, and my dad comes out of the office room, and he opens the door, and I sit down there in the living room, and I'm panting. And he's like, what's wrong? I was like, there's a storm outside. He's like, yeah, I know that. And it didn't register in my mind, but when I sat down on the couch, every light on, every light was on in the house. And I remember looking at my dad, TV's going, I'm like, Dad, you're going to kill us. And he was like, what? I'm like, Dad, we got to shut all these lights off. And I was like, we got to lock the doors. We need, to, we need to board up the walls. And he was like, what are you talking about? I was, I was, I was at Bernard's, and he was saying, we're going to all die if we don't do these things. And he was like, Charlie, I'm 50-some-odd years old at that time. I don't remember how old he was. He's like, I've been through storms before. You're not going to die. And I remember leaving the living room, going into my room, closing and locking the door and shutting the light off because I was still so terrified of it. But it just goes to show that there's two types of people, there's two different reactions that come when storms happen. And tonight there's a story that I want to read about. Really, I want to talk about two stories tonight of how there's two different reactions in the middle of a storm. And I know we called this message filled with fear, but if you want a second title, we get like a little double, a little bonus. I'm calling this a two for one. And the reason why is because when I was at that Starbucks, there's two stories that came to mind as we started talking about this idea of fear. And now I usually speak like 30 minutes on one, one story, so I'm going to try and really shorten this down because we're going to go over two different stories that look almost identical, but they're not. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, and if you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. But also, as you flip there, if you're taking notes, the title, or the, the title for the very first point is called, it's supposed to be called The Source. But as I was going over it just even an hour ago, I was like, I don't want to call it The Source. So don't mind what that says. Instead, I want you to um, title point one as The Lid, or Are You Using The Lid?, and I'll explain why I changed that in a little bit. So point one, are you using the lid? Mark chapter four says this. For actually, real fast, 
when I say the lid, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm so glad somebody else got it. Like the first thing I was like, the lid, the lid, 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 lid. And you actually got the hand movements down. Um, if you don't know what that is, go home and look it, look it up. It's pretty funny. But the lid. <laughs> Mark chapter 4, starting off in verse 35, says this. Verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross the other side of the lake. Verse 36. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came behind. Oh, I messed that up. But soon a fierce storm came behind. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. Verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown. I got a question real quick. Who in here is like a heavy sleeper? Like you, have, like you sleep straight through earthquakes. You sleep straight through your parents coming in and trying to wake you up. Like I remember as a kid, I'd be such a heavy sleeper, but I think I chose to be a heavy sleeper because like on Saturdays, my dad would come in at like six o'clock in the morning and he'd be like, Charlie, you need to wake up. We got stuff to do. I'm like, dad, what do we got to do? And he was just like, we need to go outside. And I'm like, why? And he would just sit there and just like just go on and on about why I need to wake up. And so he would leave the room and he'd say, hey, if I come back, I need you to wake up. And I would not wake up. I'd go back to sleep and he'd come in and he'd start throwing stuff at me and I'd act like I would sleep through it. But it's funny because as you read this story, there's a storm happening. Jesus and the disciples are in a boat, and there's a storm happening. There's water coming in. The wind is, like, howling, and Jesus is sleeping. I don't know about you, but I would never be able to sleep through something like that. And I think it was just so funny because the disciples are like, oh, my God, we're going to die. And then they're yelling, and they're shouting, and like, Jesus, wake up. And the reason why I wanted to pause real fast, just for the first little encouragement for some of us that maybe we feel like we are going through a storm right now in our lives, or maybe we feel like we are filled to the brim with fear, is this. What did Jesus wake up to? You see, Jesus didn't wake up to the boat rocking back and forth. Jesus didn't wake up to the waves crashing into the boat. I don't know about you, but I remember my mom had a, a, like a spray bottle as a kid growing up, and she would go in my room and spray me, and that would wake me up like that. So Jesus being like hit in the face with water, I don't know how he's still asleep. The disciples arguing back and forth, going over how they're going to survive this storm, did not wake him up. What woke Jesus up was the disciples calling for Jesus' help. And I pray and I hope this encourages you because I want you to know this. Jesus hears his disciples' voice. Through the chaos, through the storm, when we call on Jesus, Jesus is there to listen to us. He knows our voice. He knows who we are. So right now, if you are in the middle of the storm, don't think that Jesus can't hear you. Jesus can hear you. Even when it feels like he, even though it feels like you're alone, even though it feels like maybe you're just talking to an empty room, he hears you. And it's a key point right there. Key point. But let's keep reading. Picking up in verse 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. 
Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. This is my favorite part. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now, this, this story is so good, and I can, there's so many different routes we can go with it. For instance, like Jesus telling the waves to be silent. Like if you saw someone talking to the waves, I would be like, this dude is not all there. Like we need to pray for him or get way, way far away from him. But there's a point behind that. If you want that point, come talk to me after service and I'll share with that. But it's funny to me because the disciples are looking at Jesus and they're like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? That even the winds and the waves obey him. And what I find so funny about this and more so just ironic is if you know your Bible just a little bit, you would know that the disciples left their careers, left their families, left everything they know behind to follow Jesus. And I find it so ironic because the disciples walked with Jesus. The disciples knew Jesus. But in this moment, they all looked at each other and were like, who is this guy? And I don't know about you, but if I was going to leave my career, leave my family, leave everything behind for to follow somebody, I'd like to know who that person is. I'd like to know who exactly this guy is. Now, I know a lot of us out here would probably do the same exact thing. The same exact thing. But that's not the main point. You see, because the disciples, again, went back to Jesus and woke Jesus up. And as I sat at that Starbucks outside in the nice, chilly air, drinking my black coffee, did you say ill? <sighs> Put hair on your chest. Um... <laughs> I'm still waiting. Um, but as I sat there, I started thinking of the story just a little bit more. And I started thinking about that moment when the disciples went to Jesus to wake Jesus up. I was like, what was the point behind it? Because you see, the disciples, when they went to Jesus, Jesus woke up and he calmed the storms. But the thing is this, when, they, when the disciples went to Jesus, I don't think when the disciples went to him that they thought that when Jesus woke up, that he would actually calm the storm. The thing is this, I believe the disciples, when they went to Jesus, were expecting Jesus to get up and start helping shovel water out of the boat, help them trying to figure out how are they going to get through this storm. And the reason why I find that this is so interesting is because I believe the disciples do what we do a lot of times, and that's put a cap or put a lid on the ability of God. Where when the disciples woke him up, they didn't think that he was actually going to be able to calm the storm. And they put that lid on God's ability, Jesus' ability to change their life, to help them through the certain storm that they were going through. And I think a lot of times in the middle of our storms, in the middle of being filled to the brim with fear, of being filled to the brim with whatever you can think of, we tend to put a cap on what God can do in our lives. We tend to think that maybe this is just a little too big for God. Maybe this is just a little too big for what I'm going through right now for God to help me through it. But I want you to remind you and I want you to understand this. When we put a lid on God, all we are doing is putting a lid on our spiritual growth. I'm going to say that again and I want you to write that down because this can help a lot of us tonight. If we truly want to seek Jesus, if we truly want to grow in a relationship with Jesus, we need to stop doing this. We need to stop putting a lid on Jesus. Because when we do that, all that happens is we put a lid on our spiritual growth. Because what in that moment, we've limited Jesus 
and made our problems bigger than him. And that's not it. That's not it, chief. That's not the way Jesus intended for our relationship to work with him. But now what I want to do is I want to ask this question before we wrap up point one. Because, again, I, I, I know I'm not the only one that might be feeling like there's a little fear in their life. Or maybe I, I know I'm not the only one that knows somebody that's going through a storm. Or maybe I'm not the only one that's going through a storm here. And if I ask the question, where do you guys believe your fear? Or where do you believe your storm, where, where the source is coming from? I can guarantee you a lot of you guys here tonight would probably say COVID is bringing fear into my life. Online school because I can't learn through a screen. Maybe a relationship. Maybe President Trump. Maybe Joe Biden. Maybe the election as a whole. And the list can go on and on and on. But I, wanted, I want you to know this, and I found it so, it, it was inspiring almost last night. Me and Aubrey, we were, we were at our house, and I was kind of just scrolling through Instagram as the election was happening. And there was something that was going on on Instagram that legit kind of brought chills to my body. Because as a lot of you know here, I follow a lot of you guys on Instagram. I see the good and I see the bad. But last night, a lot of you guys were reposting a certain post. And that post just, it, it, it legit brought a smile to my face. And what that post said was this. Now, I'm going to butcher this. I already know. But it went along the lines of it doesn't matter who is in the office, whether that's President Trump or that's Joe Biden, because Jesus is still on the throne. And as I read that, there was people that I thought, okay, yeah, you would repost that. But there was people that I wasn't expecting that actually reposted the story. But it just goes back to remind every single one of us, it doesn't matter what we're filled with. It doesn't matter if we're filled with fear. It doesn't matter what storm we're going through. Jesus is still on the throne. He is the one we need to pivot and turn to. We don't need to put a lid on him. We don't need to do anything in that matter because at the end of the day, he is on the throne and he is the one that's going to get us through that storm. He is the one that's going to calm that storm just like we saw right here in Mark chapter 4. And speaking of Mark chapter 4, the second story I want us to look at tonight is Matthew chapter 14. And as you flip there, we're going to jump into the second point. This is the, the twofer. But point two is this. Won't go unused. Won't go unused. And I want you to flip to Matthew 14. That's just one chapter back. And in Matthew 14, it's going to pick up like this, starting off in verse 28. And if you don't have a Bible, it's right behind me. I'm sorry, not 28, verse 22. Immediately after this, is up on the screen? Boom. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Verse 24. 
Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Verse 25, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Verse 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Do not be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Now, as I read that story, you're probably thinking, Charlie, this is the same exact story we just read in Mark chapter 4. The fun fact is this, though. It's not the same exact story. Even though it involves a boat, even though it involves a storm, there's two big key differences in this moment. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus was in the boat. Matthew chapter 14, Jesus is out there moonwalking on water. And the other key thing is this. Mark chapter 4, and I want you to remember this because this is what's going to really drive this point home. Mark chapter 4 happened before Matthew 14. I know that doesn't make any sense and it doesn't really matter to you right now, but I want you to remember that. Mark chapter 4 happened before Matthew 14. Now let's finish reading this story and see how it ends. Verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Imagine being with Jesus, and he looks at you and says, you have so little faith. That's like terrifying. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? Verse 32, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Band, if you guys want to head up, we're going to wrap this up right now. This story to me is so interesting because, again, it kind of has the same exact setting that we just read in Mark chapter 4. But there's two big things. And the reason why I wanted us to read both of these stories together and to understand which story happened first is because this is going to be key. I think there's two big ideas, two big topics that I want us to take home tonight. And the very first one is this. There's going to be moments in our lives where Jesus is going to calm the storm, calm our fear, and there's going to be moments where he doesn't. I know it's not the, the hurrah message. It's not the, oh, man, I'm going to leave here feeling just uplifted. But it's reality. There's going to be moments in our lives where Jesus calms the storms, and there's going to be moments in our lives where Jesus doesn't calm the storm. But there's hope. You see, as I sat there at that beautiful Starbucks off a of river in Corridon, I was reading both of these stories back to back, and there was something that was interesting that I've never saw before pop out between these two stories. Again, it's the same situation. Jesus is in the boat in one of them. Jesus isn't in the boat in the other one. And what I found so interesting was in the first moment when the disciples went to Jesus in Mark chapter 4, and Jesus woke up and Jesus heard his disciples' voice, he calmed the storm, and it was at rest. They were at peace. But the second story in Matthew 14, the one that happened a little after Mark 14, 
we see that Jesus calls Peter out onto the water. And it was something interesting, again, that I've never really kind of put together. But as Jesus called Peter out onto the water, he didn't calm the storm. Like, could you imagine? Like, Peter must have thought back to that moment where they were in the boat together and saying, oh, my gosh, like, Jesus, you're going to come and you're going to calm the storm. It's going to be a great time. But Jesus didn't calm the storm when Jesus called Peter out onto the water. And there's going to be moments in our lives, guys, where we go through storms, where we feel like we're filled to the brim with fear and we ask God to get rid of it. We ask God to help us. And there's going to be moments where he does. There's going to be moments where we are going to feel so at peace. But there's also going to be moments in our lives when we call out to God and we say, God, help us. God, get me through this storm. The thing is, is God is going to get you through that storm, but he might not calm that storm. He might tell you, hey, I want you to walk through it. But the key part about walking through a storm is this. Jesus is going to be right beside you the whole entire time. Jesus didn't call Peter out of the boat to walk in the middle of the storm by himself. But instead, Jesus called Peter out onto the boat, focused on Jesus, right beside him. And when Peter fell, it says in the Bible that he was there immediately to pick him up. Immediately. So when your storm doesn't get calm, when your fear doesn't go away, don't look at God saying, God, where are you? Because God's right there. God's calling you, hey, take one step. Keep going. It's going to get better. This isn't the only time you've had fear. This isn't the only storm you've gone through. Now, I want to take that idea of this is not the only storm that you've gone through. Because the second thought that I had when I was sitting there is this. And just follow me. The second thing I want you to really think about is this. And this is where point two comes to a close. That that fear in our lives, that storm in our lives, it doesn't go unused. And it might sound weird. It might sound like, Charlie, what are you talking about? Maybe you've been, you've been drinking way too much black coffee. You, you cuckoo. You're out there talking to the waves. But follow me. I need you to follow me. The first story, Jesus is in the boat. The second story, Jesus is out of the boat, moonwalking on water. The first story, Jesus is with his disciples. The second story, Jesus wasn't with his disciples when the storm came. Mark 4 was early. Matthew 14 happened later. Remember this. Remember this. Remember this. Peter the man that walked on water in Matthew 14 was in the boat in Mark 4 watching Jesus calm the storm. In the middle of Peter's storm, in the middle of the disciples' storm in Mark chapter 4, every single one of them was in the middle of the storm with Jesus and saw him calm it down. And as I sat there, I started thinking to myself, in Matthew 14, what happened a little bit later, and I started thinking about Peter, I was like, there must have been a moment in Peter's life, in that moment, in that instant, when he saw Jesus walking on water saying, I, I remember something like this. Something like this just, just happened a little bit ago. 
There was a moment where we were all together. You were there. You were there. You were there. And Jesus was there. And we were in a boat just like this in the middle of a storm. I remember I felt so terrified. It wasn't fun. But Jesus made it fun because he's Jesus. I'm imagining Peter's thinking this all in his head, and he goes back, and when Jesus calls him out onto the water, I could only imagine Peter was thinking, this is the same Jesus that was in the boat with us earlier that calmed that storm. So if this is that same Jesus calling me to walk on water, I ought to do so. And what I found so interesting is this. When we go through storms, even though though Jesus doesn't want us to go through storms, even though Jesus didn't intend us to be filled with fear at certain moments in our lives, he does not let that go unused. He will use that to his benefit. He will use it to grow our faith. And that's exactly what happened in Peter's life. I only imagine if Mark chapter 4 did not happen, there was no way Peter was walking out on that boat. But because Peter went through the storm with Jesus, he got out of that boat. And I want to encourage you tonight, Ave Youth, if you are in the middle of a storm right now and it does not feel like Jesus is there, one for, just one thing, Jesus is there. But secondly, don't look at it as if the world is going to end. Look at it as if, how, God, God, how are you going to grow my faith through this storm? I know this isn't coming from you. I know this fear that I feel in my life isn't coming from you, but you can turn my fear to faith. So God, how are you going to do this? Don't say God, and I thought of this last night. Don't say, God, where are you? Say, God, what are you trying to show me? When we just flip the mentality like that, we can end up looking like Peter, where we're in the middle of the storm and Jesus is calling us to take one step out of the next. And we can take it. Because we've gone through the fire with Jesus. We've been in those moments. And Jesus is calling us saying, hey, I know the storm, I know this storm right now isn't fun. I know it sucks. I know you don't care who, who in the world is going to be your president. I know you don't care who in the world is going to end this COVID race or whatever's happening. But just remind yourselves that Jesus is there in the middle of it, in the midst of our fear. Jesus turns fear to faith. We just got to trust him. We got to take a step out of that boat. Walk in the middle of the storm with him and remind ourselves he's there. He's there. Let's pray.